Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Allie. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me. Happy Pride to all of our queer listeners out there. Hey. We have a jam-packed show for you. We'll be giving an early review of Jurassic World Dominion as it came out on June 1st here. We'll also discuss Stranger Things Season 4, Bigotry in Star Wars fandom. Uh, we'll get caught up on some anime, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get around to a listener question. We'll have a bonus show coming out as well. I recorded a collaboration with Dragon Ball for Life, a blurred cast centered around the granddaddy of action anime as we know it. But first, do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. Anniversary. <laughs> this show is four years old. But again, thanks to you and everyone else who has contributed to this show. Thanks to our wonderful partners and publishers, Blur.com, for again having faith in us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for sticking with us. I didn't know how our Kendrick show was going to be received, but uh, we got some, some positive feedback. People were tagging us in their stories and i really appreciate that i went to the the kendrick lamar reddit to have some discussions and uh surprise fans were not were not having it <laughs> <laughs> you guys you just don't understand you're just not thinking deep enough it does take a level of intelligence you know <laughs> speaking of disappointing follow-ups let's talk about jurassic world <laughs> I feel like every Jurassic Park movie has gotten worse since the original, and it should be noted that our first ever show was about Falling Kingdom, and it's interesting that this new movie falls on our fourth anniversary, but uh, have you ever kind of connected these dots that these new movies are like the Blade trilogy? Where the last one is just so completely unnecessary, but you sit through it anyway because you're a fan of the first? No, I, it's the level of stakes in the villains. So with Blade, you had the blood god. Then the sequel was a genetic mutation. And like on paper, it didn't seem like a bigger threat than the first antagonist. Then you had Dracula, um, the third, third one, uh, the third one, the strongest of all vampires, and he could walk in daylight. And that was more serious in the second movie. But wouldn't you think the blood god would be a bigger threat than the other two? It just felt like they messed up the order of, of escalation. It'd be like Thanos was the villain of the first Avengers, and then Loki was the antagonist of Avengers 2, and then Ultron was the villain of the third. It just feels a bit uneven, you know what I'm saying? Is that not what they did? No, it's not what they did. I mean, I'm just saying, like, currently. You said you Thanos and then Loki, but Loki kind of is one of the menaces of the Avengers currently in the multiverse. No, he, <laughs> he was like, uh, he, he caused some chaos, but it wasn't like he's like trying to be a bad guy right now. That's meta. That's too meta for this right now. I guess. It's funny because the these reboots like The Matrix and this movie and like the, the movies that just go, these additions that just go too long, for too long, they always are aware that they've gone too far. That's true. <laughs> They, it's always like you're watching it and they make a mention like we know this is completely unnecessary but you're here watching it we got you I mean, that's pretty much what Jurassic World is 
Um, the the first one you had the Indominus Rex, pretty much a stronger, smarter, faster T Rex. I mean, he fucked the entire park up like single handedly. I mean, for all that movie's flaws, that's how you reboot a franchise. But for the sequel, they crossed it again with raptor DNA that was already inside of it, and it made it smaller, and it just kind of ran amok in someone's mansion. Like, it, the threat really paled in comparison to the first film. But with this new movie, they briefly talk about the Giganotosaurus. I, I can't pronounce that word. Uh, it's in the trailer, which they try to sell as the largest carnivore, the largest land carnivore ever. But actually... The Spinosaurus, as seen in Jurassic Park 3, is actually larger. Even Dr. Grant is trying to forget that movie. Alan! <laughs> um, but the bigger threat in this movie, though, is what the dinosaurs are doing in the environment now that they've spread across the world and live among us. There was a montage in the movie of uh, various horrifying scenarios. Like, I would never go outside again. It's, it's mind-blowing that people are trying to live their everyday lives knowing that T-Rexes and, and pterodactyls, I mean, y'all saw Jurassic World, like, they were, they, they were assholes. They just live <laughs> among them. They're birds. Giant birds, and we're like exactly. squirrels They're now. <laughs> it's like, hey, son, kids are being picked off by pterodactyls. Be careful going to school, okay? Like, no. I mean, could you imagine if a pterodactyl shits on your car, though? Like, <laughs> Oof, that's gross. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's gross. You mean we got the normal bird shit. Now you got pterodactyl bird shit to worry about. Thanks for that image. <laughs> I just think in this movie, I just think it's it's crazier that governments aren't doing everything in their power to shut it all down. Like if a family of tigers or a lion prize were accidentally released into urban areas, our government wouldn't just be like, well, we got to live with them now. Like, no, it, it, they would lock it all down. I feel like you overestimate world governments a lot i think they would kill them but the whole issue in the first place was that these are living creatures and that they're here now and blah 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 animal lives are more important than human lives i mean they do try to give that flimsy excuse but as much of a hazard as these things are and then in the u.s with with you know we have so many guns. You're telling me that they're not going to take those out on their own? Like, either government and or people are going to do it. I bet there are no dinosaurs in Texas. Damn it, that <laughs> was that was too ironic. Ah, that feels too ironic right now, too. Let's change that. There are no dinosaurs in Alabama. Maybe. Even the notion that the couple dozen dinosaurs that escaped from the last movie could replicate that quickly to become impossible to control, it just seems ludicrous for me. Uh, ludicrous to me but as i mean i think i think as you're talking about like these these movies were never logical and they've definitely been in fast and furious or godzilla territory for some years now with the either you're with it or you're not with it with uh every iteration i just feel like they stray stray further from god <laughs> from having any oh, sense yeah, whatsoever like the superhero survival methods like they live in they survive in like superheroes out here oh i so for everyone at home Allie, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to watch this, but I got some crazy, like, just to her point, some crazy things to talk about there. Um, I will say, even though, spoiler, I'm not, like, big on this movie, I will say that this, it does have a few things going for it. So, for one, they managed to keep a larger threat that I haven't mentioned 
from the trailers or marketing, and it isn't a bigger dinosaur. It actually has very little to do with dinosaurs. Honestly, if they mention this as the driving force of the plot, I think it would tank interest for the movie. But in the context of the film and the global ramifications, the stakes have honestly never been higher for this franchise. And visually, at least its introduction was terrifying, even though why it exists is really, listen close, really stupid. Number two, the film has the most dinosaur for your buck out of the entire franchise. On the other hand, how some of these dinosaur scenes start and play out are, again, largely stupid. But if I were a 10-year-old, I'd be having a blast. And the third, this is probably the tensest movie since the first film. This is a large cast. And there were a couple of scenes where I thought to myself, is, is everyone going to make it out? I won't spoil that, but I did hold my breath a couple of times. There was a particular chase that you saw in the trailer where this, uh, this feathered creature with these super long claws was stalking Jessica Chastain's character really slow into like a, a body of water. It was goofy, to be honest, but in the moment, it was a bit tense. Do you have anything to say? Or you're just going to listen I was, uh, no, no, no. I, I've seen everything you said already, so. Okay. I mean, like, to be fair, I, while I was going through my whole hassle to try to watch this movie without, you know, going to the theater, I did read the plot. I, I pretty much know what happened in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people. I'll read the plot if I don't think the movie is interesting to go over. Now, mm. If the plot in the reading it's interesting enough i will watch the movie but the reason that i started listening to your show is so that i don't have to do that i literally do the service for to you blurred up. yeah i was doing I, I i didn't see mulan because of you all i literally waited until you guys More released like mulan yeah and see i didn't watch a few movies or i didn't go to the theater to watch those movies because i was like oh, let me just i can wait until Brandon and them released their review of the movie. I can wait. That's, that's pretty much how I do. But now Word. I'm here, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked about the good stuff. Falling into the mid category is the cast. The legacy characters did their job. They had nice character moments in the original movie, and they seemed happy to be here, but never really rose above just being happy to be there. They just seemed happy to get a check. <laughs> uh, as, as much as I enjoyed Jeff Goldblum and Thor, he didn't really do it for me here. At the beginning, he gave a, a thought-provoking lecture monologue that was obviously written for him. But after that, it felt like he was ad-libbing the entire time. And I didn't feel anything from it like I would Jim Carrey in Sonic or, or Bill Murray. Like Those two are masters at that. A legacy character who got recast was uh, Dotson. He was the guy who was trying to get the, the DNA from Wayne Knight's character in the first movie. You shouldn't use my name. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! See, nobody cares. Nice hat. He's obviously like a, a Tim Cook stand-in with uh, the short hair and glasses who's seemingly using genetic power for good, but not everything is what it seems. The characters from the new trilogy are more of the same, but Jessica Chastain's character becomes more of an action heroine here. And she isn't wearing heels this time. <laughs> uh, side note, I didn't realize how beautiful she was until this movie. I don't know if it's the, I have a baby weight, but man, I could look into those eyes for days. Man, people be bland. That baby thickness do some things. 
He did, did some things to me. I'm glad I, I was uh, in a, a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I will say that uh, Dewanda Wise from She's Gotta Have It, she's the pilot, the, uh, the black female pilot in, this trailer, in the trailer. She made the biggest impression on me. She's, she was smart. She was sassy, but compassionate. She was kind of like a, almost like a black female Han Solo in some ways. Like she definitely added some spice to this movie. I liked her. Yeah, she's um, getting a few more roles, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the kind of sci-fi nerdy genre. So I think word. you'll be seeing more from her in the future. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, she was she was great. Now let's uh, let's get on to the, the some big problems with this movie. This movie is long because of the inclusion of legacy characters and this being marketed as the end of the saga unless it makes a ton of money, there are a lot of threads that this movie wants to tie up. Without spoiling, there were simply too many threads created for this movie on top of that. Because those threads need to be wrapped up, there's a lot, a lot of hand-waving, shortcuts, conveniences that became way too overbearing for me by the end. Doing a few in an hour and a half may be okay. You know, Marvel does it. I mean, all, all the big movies do it. But over the course of two hours and 26 minutes, bruh, like... I've talked about how studios bombard our senses with new stimuli to keep us from questioning the goofiness and logic of the scenes that came before. This movie did it all the time. It was hard to take notes in the theater simply because so many things were, were happening. It was like bringing a bucket to a storm of bullshit. I couldn't catch it all. <laughs> you know? like for, for example, we were talking about um, superhero surviving. Um, superhero surviving. In the Arctic place, as shown in the trailer, uh, with him and the black woman, uh, Dewanda Wise's character, they like pull out the knife because there's a, a dinosaur on the ice. Chris Pratt falls through the ice into freezing water and gets pulled out, doesn't react at all to the temperature. And in the next scene, he's fine and dry like nothing happened. It's like when those Fast and Furious characters like roll out of cars and they get up like nothing happened. It's just ridiculous. Probably the craziest example is even though some new dinosaurs are introduced, they don't establish any rules for what they can do or how they see, hear, or whatever. You know, in the first Jurassic Park movie, they made a big point to say, don't move when the T-Rex showed up. And that added to the tension, but you understood how it worked. So in the trailer, the Gigasaurus, whatever its name is, does the same thing. It has a foot like right in front of, of the team. And Pratt and Grant tell everyone not to move. Don't, Don't move. Bigger. Why do they always have to go bigger? A few seconds after they say that, they all run, including <laughs> Pratt. And it was never, ever explained why. I was like that uh, Nigerian movie meme. Ah! Why are you running? Why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. This is my last point uh, in relation to that. After a certain point in the third act, because there was so much happening in different places and people kept conveniently meeting and re reuniting all the time, I kind of lost my grip on time in this universe as well as where everyone was, just the sheer geometry and logistics of it all. In the first film, you had a general idea that Hamid and Ellie and Malcolm were at the base and Grant and the kids were out in the more danger zone trying to get back. You could feel that distance in this sequel, they gave these sweeping shots of expansive compounds and reserve cities. At one point, we were following at least four different groups of people in different places, but people kept running into each other like they lived on the same block. At one point, 
Chris Pratt and Dewana go from an Arctic habitat like I was talking about, and they, they take an elevator down to an enormous open tropical land reserve. <laughs> it's like for the Metroid Prime fans out there, it felt like going from the tropics of Talon uh, to the Chozo ruins on an elevator. It just lessened the stakes when I didn't have a, a grasp on the world. It just felt like the writers just gave up trying. As they should have a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, just closing it out, uh, this felt like a goofy video game. Uh, I, I didn't even go into half of the bullshit, really, uh, and I don't want to give any, any more time to, to spoiling it, but um, if you've been on board with this trilogy, then you should have little problems with this one. Critics are saying that this is the best of the three. I'm almost inclined to agree. It definitely has the most action, but I feel like, at the very least, the Indominus Rex was such a cool villain, and that tag team at the end was so neat like they kind of redo some of that bs here it like this this movie is bigger and better but it also feels like it feels like if someone just reheated a lot of food (laughs) it's a lot of it but it's not like it's fresh it's just reheated (laughs) shit but you know what tell me the series has always been you know you like you said at the very beginning you have to suspend your belief and uh the only issue that i take Literally, this is my issue that I take because I'm not really big on a whole bunch of the super logistics plot and stuff. If you were marketing it to like a 10 year old, like you said before, like as a 10 year old, I'd be hyped because I don't care. My attention span is that short at a 10 that I don't I need a million things going on at once. But you're selling this to people who've watched the original Jurassic Park meeting. Everyone is (laughs) over 25. And so you're selling this to adults and then you're giving us bullshit and telling us good job we did a good job pat us on the back that's what's annoying it's like yeah the content should grow with the audience well that's the thing it's 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 the star wars problem right it's like is it ours anymore you know at some point we're gonna have i'm like i'm already kind of have one foot out the door for marvel because i just haven't been loving their stuff like even though i enjoyed dr strange i don't see myself watching that again for a long time like i'm not really that excited to go back to watch that right now at some point we're gonna have to leave these franchises behind and leave it for a a new generation of people see but that's my thing though it's like if you want to create new content new things for a new generation of people use new things Mm -hmm. because in my opinion when people come in and they're using like these nostalgic names that is literally a ploy to get the people who originally watched them come into it you know i mean it's not like pokemon because pokemon literally completely rebrands itself every generation every generation of pokemon is for a new generation of of player and then it has stuff in there that older older generation of pokemon lovers can enjoy as well but like every generation is completely new you don't have to know anything about the prior gen to really get into like a new gen of pokemon this is not the pokemon situation this is literally people taking like we would have been like kids and like younger preteens watching these movies and they're like yep here you go again because like let's be honest my little brother who's a, a gen Zer, he don't care about jurassic park <laughs> like he, he's not he's not checking for it that's that's where my issue lies it's, we can say it's not for us but it's obviously for us they're literally making it for us mm. yeah i mean to bring in the legacy characters that is for us right that's true yeah that's a good point that's true Anyway, um, like I said, if you like Jurassic World, then this will be fine. I didn't see it in the I didn't see World in theater. I saw this one in theater, and 
yeah, I could have watched this at home, honestly. It, it wasn't that big a deal to me. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Stranger Things. <laughs> you know what? That's one of those things where, where I can't, I don't, I try not to skip it, right? Like, like when I, I turn on Smash Brothers, like Melee or Brawl, like I always watch that opening crawl before I play the game. Like I don't, there are certain themes you don't skip. You don't skip Yu Hakusho. You know, you don't skip Ghost in the Shell in the universe or Tank from Go, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I, I never skip Stranger Things. I did not skip Stranger Things. For those who know me and know I have a habit of skipping intros, I did not skip that. I just need to, need to put that out there so no one comes for me. <laughs> Word. Well, Vecna is coming for us as we as we dig into this one. I really enjoyed this season. I don't know. I don't know your thoughts so far, but I I don't know if it's recency bias, but this may be the best season so far to me. I think as a standalone season, it's probably the best uh, in the continuity part portion of it. As I kind of told you off screen, it's 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 pretty bad the continuity of it. But it is that recency bias of oh shit, this is new, and the stakes are the highest they probably have been. This is pretty extreme, yeah. It's pretty gruesome too. Like yes, the it's very horror. The body horror. It's yeah. It's interesting because with every movie, they have influences from horror films of that year but i think i forgot what season it was i want to say it was either season three or season two where they kind of had a aliens scene even though that movie came out in 86 so this movie's supposed to come out or so sorry this new season takes place in 1986 and i think on the last review we did three years ago i talked about movies that they could take influence from and i brought up the fly and and they mentioned it in the movie or, i'm sorry they mentioned it in the show and of course, aliens. I feel like the villain, though, even though the, the villain kind of looks like the Brundle Fly at the very end of the of the movie, it has kind of a Freddy Krueger vibe, or, or like, like like a Freddy Krueger Pennywise kind of vibe to him. They like, mentioned Freddy Krueger in the show too. Yeah, but like they don't have to sleep to. Exp- like I don't think he ever came to them while they were sleeping. It was always while they were awake, like like a Pennywise thing. Not exactly. They did make some mention of nightmares. Like they that the, the kids were having nightmares well before. It's, oh, it was okay. um over it was a time them. situation. But it wasn't. They were having them in their in their night in their dreams. So that's what I was kind of talking about. Well, we are mm, we are not too privy on what the nightmares are before right they do talk at length about these kids having nightmares and we get to see the um therapist office as they talk about the nightmares but we don't really know what the nightmares are we just know that the nightmares are related to the traumatic experiences that the children have dealt with Mm -hmm. um and that they escalate in severity over time and so where we are now we get that seven days situation well that's that's why i was thinking about about pennywise because pennywise would typically cast these illusions on people while they were awake and kind of you know scaring them getting getting their fear up you know it adds to the flavor when he finally eats them and so that's that's what this reminded me of more than freddy because i don't think freddy really did much while they were awake but i haven't haven't watched those movies in a long time and, and i've only watched the first one yeah i have a theory on why it takes him so long to get to that not like it's a flavor situation more of he's developing a psychic connection with the whole situation over time because he's reaching uh, out spoiler alert no we haven't gotten gotten too too deep we haven't gotten too deep but i don't think anyone like i certainly didn't first see who this villain was going to be and it isn't like we've talked about anything spoilerly yet too much but i will warn people right now we will get into it so uh i to to be fair i did call who the villain was very early my husband oh for real yeah 
I have a sense of these things. The moment they showed them on screen, I was like, that's that's the one. <laughs> so you so you said that there were some plot holes in this. You want to yes. share those? We can develop. We can go into the plot holes. So uh, we okay. got Max here. You got Max. Let's start with Max. All right. We're supposed to believe. Let's start with Max and Lucas. All right. Black kid. Okay. And uh, her brother who died <laughs> last season. Who mm. we're supposed to believe, right, that this man, that she suddenly felt like they could have been friends and that suddenly he's supposed to be having this arc of redemption that he's not even there for because he died. Even though this man was a racist asshole and an absolute jerk, abusive Scumbag. jerk to his sister, to everyone around him, like literally no redeeming qualities. And then the next season, I mean, it's, we're supposed it's been a to year, believe right? that she's... Yeah, that she's mourning him this much. That's that's the start. That's why I started with that one because like it's like one not so much of a plot hole but more of an inconsistency. Mm. Like, and then Lucas, the black kids are just supposed to be like, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, totally. So sad. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Other plot holes. They say that uh, what's the blonde haired dude? That he was only on the basketball team. They make so much of a point to drive the point home that he's only on the basketball team. That's all they got. Suddenly, he's a swim. He's a professional, like, swimmer on the swim team, full-time lifeguard type dude. Which person? The uh, the basketball captain? Not the basketball. The, uh, what's his name? He's uh, He was in the last season. The basketball captain, that's just, yo, but that's that's show stuff but like the the guy nancy's ex-boyfriend oh i can't remember his name i don't know the guy who's not jonathan but also what the fuck is happening with jonathan but also yeah, that, the that, guy who's not jonathan we, we we like didn't even need jonathan in this this season like nothing like nothing came out of that it felt like yeah no but the guy who's not jonathan what is his name y'all know his name i forget his name Anywho, y'all at this point y'all should know who he is the guy who's not jonathan who nancy obviously belongs with at this point because he seems to be a better person overall and yeah but yeah he like did basketball and like he only did basketball that was kind of like his thing and then suddenly they're like oh yeah he was like the head of the swim team and the lifeguard and blah 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 and we're like wait when steve 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 that's why i can't remember who can remember your name like steve <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but for real, like, I'm like, and then, like, they said, like, uh, oh, dude, Eddie? Yeah, Eddie. Eddie, they're like, haven't you, he's like, I'm graduating this year. They're just like, you said that for, like, the past three years. And I'm like, but he was supposed to be in middle school with old girl Christy. And I'm like, this math ain't math. Mm. <laughs> how you been, how you supposed to graduate for, like, two or three years, but you was in middle school with Christy, who's also I mean, maybe a senior. he was maybe he was and he said eighth, we've hung out before grade. maybe he was eighth grade and she was sixth grade or something and you know they kind of i i don't know exactly it's... i don't know can we talk about eddie real quick because i i liked him a lot he's my favorite character in this okay. new season he's great i love i love his wit his attitude everyone's talking about him right now that uh dungeons and dragons mixed with basketball scene it was really cute and it really helped me affirm that um, I don't care about D and D. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, the thing about Eddie is, before I go into the D and D thing, 
everyone who's played D anD D that I knew as an adult were very cool. Like, you know, I, folks know I'm a DJ. I had a DJ homie. Shout out to uh, Bao back in, in St. Louis. He he was a house uh, and electronic DJ. He would have these house parties. We go over his house uh, or, or the house that they were having the party at, and it'd be like Marvelous Capcom three in the living room, and then there'd be a special room with music, and there'd be another room, and they were just playing D and D in there, like at a house party, getting drunk, getting high, and like that was that was the thing to do. And I was like in my early twenties at those places, but man, just watching them talk and roll the dice, I I couldn't get a grasp of why it was fun. Like I was happy for the kids to play but i wasn't like man this is really making me want to do this have you played before or i've never played before i i i want to it's one of those games that just feels that there's so much i would try it out if i had like Mm -hmm. you know a safe space uh but it feels it definitely feels like one of those games that has so many rules but so many no rules there are so many rules but no rules which Mm -hmm. is chaotic and, and stresses me out so I respect the D&D community for being able to keep this alive sure. this long. My younger sister says she played it and she they kind of had like a not safe for work version of it or something. And they were kind of making other things up. It was really interesting. I, I mean, I, I know I have people in Korea who do do it. So maybe I'll, I'll hit them up. But. I've been invited to some games. There's these like pre-made games. Mm-hmm. that you can join in on that are supposed to be like beginner friendly before they take you into the deep stuff mm-hmm. so like there are a lot of the nerd groups i'm in have been like yeah we got we gonna set up a pre-made game you guys can just you know join in and get to learn it i'm like maybe but in the back of my mind <laughs> it's like, i know i won't i know I won't. <laughs> yeah i don't know how much i feel about that um how do you feel about max and the famous uh, emotional moments at the graveyard uh, I I do I didn't watch the trailer, mm, mostly because me too. I kind of like finished season three and just went about my life, right? I wasn't Same. waiting on season four. Same. I just heard like a week ago, oh season four. I was like, oh yeah, cool, cool, that's cool. I didn't watch the trailers or nothing, so it wasn't like with Marvel where you just gotta dunk it, you gotta you know bob and weave to avoid spoilers. It was like, oh shit, that's happening. Let's go. So when I went to watch it my husband was like oh that's what happened people thought this is what happened but this actually happened and i was like well i wouldn't know because i don't watch trailers Were you so moved? it was a did, they did, did a cry? good job of doing a good uh bait and switch i think with that they did really drag it out right i was i was worried that she wasn't going to make it but yeah that was really sweet and as we all know from the headlines that that song was by kate bush it went to number one on streaming it's or on the global that. it's on a global like I, I was listening to a global playlist uh number one's mm-hmm. playlist and that one played and i was like dang there's a lot of stranger things fans because i know this song is decades old now and it just pushed it right back up there i mean well you know when uh no way home came out that de la soul song started to chart again too three is the magic number the uh, the end credit mm-hmm. rap song three is the magic number anyway is there anything else you want to t- talk about? Any more plot holes? Because um, I'm, I'm kind of racking my brain about things to actually address here. You know what? I want to talk about uh, Sinclair's sister. <laughs> What's her name? I, I don't know her name. I got I got told the whole time I was watching that that's you. That's your personality. That's you. And I said, it's just because I'm black. He was like, no, 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 no. That's that's you. That little girl. I don't, that's I don't you. see that. In, I don't see that in you at all. The thing, oh, thing about her. Me. 
I'm okay. so sarcastic. I, sp- I, I I can't I can't you don't I can't me. yeah I can't I can't say in, in confidence that it's not me because you haven't seen how I deal with my brothers. Fair. <laughs> I just there were there were times when like I appreciate it and there are times when I'm like man this is this this is kind of the stuff I talk against on the show at times like when when Eddie was first like roasting her when she arrived at the uh the D thing and he was like you know who's this look and she went off on him and fired back i was like girl get it but then at one point i i think it was steve just walked up and said hey do you know where lucas is and she just started going off on him like i'm like what's the it's like you've you were in season three like you know how crazy this shit gets so why are you being this extra right now it was like i would like to say that it wasn't steve it was the asshole basketball player dude but the, it it was it was the basketball player dude, which made it actually me appreciate her because she didn't tell him anything, and he was going around trying to kill them. Oh, that's and true. And that I'm a white guy, and I got white male, blonde hair, blue eye privilege, kind of way. You know what? You know what's funny about him? <laughs> so maybe I, I don't know if this was actually um on purpose, but that actor's like in his, I think he's like he's like 27 years old, and he's like a senior high school basketball he did not look like a teenager at all so i i had to look him up he's super old <laughs> <laughs> he's like toby mcguire and spider-man old that's that's how old this man is yeah 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 he he was an interesting device to use in the mm, in the story uh it was amazing to me that he could see his friend die like that and still be like nope it's the devil and the whole town's like, yeah, that's it. Let's okay, let's but go can get we him. talk about from the very beginning? He gave the most bullshit speeches, and people were just eating that up. And I was like, this is definitely because he's a blonde haired blue eyed dude, and they're really selling it. And I feel like they're really telling us this is because this man is white. <laughs> is this a this a throwback to like Flashdance or, or or Footloose or whatever that that movie was about that they, they kind of outlawed or whatever because of. Was it was it because of religion or something like that? I for, I forgot those movies. I mean, I that, never watched. Them, I so. think that's actually accurate to the times, to the time they were in. <laughs> because I don't know if you remember, but D and D like parents used to be so afraid of their parents, their kids playing D and D because they were like, oh, it's the occult, and it's they're worshiping the devil and blah 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 blah. Yeah, like that's pretty time accurate because this is like the what eighties, seventies, eighties. It's eighties, right? Yeah. I'm looking it up now. It was, I mean, it, it was definitely an '80s movie. Footloose came out in, in '84, but yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like the, the 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 Dungeons and Dragons situation. That like oh, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, a time accurate reaction to what was going on because there were those newspapers and there were those quote unquote psychologists mm-hmm. saying that it was causing video games to cause violence. But you I know. mean, I remember even when Harry Potter came out. I was hearing even from students at my own my own school that they weren't allowed to watch or read the books because of that. Yeah, same. No, I I got that. Except my mom fucked up. She uh had already read the books to me when I was in the hospital. Like it was like our thing and then the movies came out and she got all religious for a second and she was like, mm-hmm. "You can't watch the movies." And I was like, "That's dumb. I'm going to watch the movies because we already read the books. We've already done this. It's already been done. You can't You'll undo be past it." This. You pass this now. <laughs> I was like, you can't undo it. I've been here since the 90s. 
I think the first Harry Potter book was uh, pr uh, pr uh, produced in like 1995. I was like, we've been here. We've been here. Is that old? Damn. Yeah, I don't think it, the 90, 1995 was when it was released in Britain. And I don't think it hit America okay. till like a few years later. Because the original covers, look at me, I'm showing my nerdness. The original covers look nothing like the original covers that the American audience is familiar with. Like the original covers have that picture, the original like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Throne and all that. They have that picture of Harry and like his hair and a scarf and that like kind of um, melting clocks kind of art. Oh, realism okay, okay, okay. um but the original original covers don't look like that at all mm, interesting yeah there you go here's your harry potter knowledge for today <laughs> thank you but um, yes uh to the dungeon to the strangers things it's very time accurate but yeah they definitely made a, a point to like put some very tense moments in there with uh him and lucas and uh i was like there were some touch and go moments with my boy Lucas there. Yeah, I was worried. It was getting real. He came through sus. for us. <laughs> I was like, "You're not gonna be one of those black kids, are you?" <laughs> it was almost like a like a Saturday afternoon special, right? Like trying to be cool, <laughs> and then he finally chooses his friends. He chooses friendship. Yes. Um, and then also L eleven is a big plot hole, but according to the writers, that will be fixed in. The second part of season four. July 1st. Yes. Okay. So if L can't speak, right? When we first meet L, seasons one through four, she can't really speak that well. Her syntax is fucked up. Um, this is a really big issue. So you expect like the other kids to kind of have it. But then you've, we already met um, two. No, no. We've already met, uh, was it, what, seven or eight? The like Indian girl from... Mm -hmm we've already met her so we know that they can speak but maybe like so we may have assumed that she was like an outlier she's been living out in the world this long she's she's developed like colloquial syntax all right we got l we assume that this is a thing that happened because she's been raised in this thing but then you get these flashbacks and you find out the children first of all not only did the children enjoy being there that it was a truly fun time for them and that they were treated relatively well right they were treated like it's a it's an experiment so that's unethical but like we were under the impression that <laughs> hey hey look as a as a chronically ill person and no pants thing it's not not a selling point okay it's great it's freedom okay but uh <laughs> no nah, but like we see that they're actually treated fairly well the kids are happy to be there they're well adjusted they're normal kids they, they are being raised like you know with uh teaching like normal school teaching like reward systems and things like that um and there's like one gruesome part where it's like we're, we we're, we'll talk about that later but like we see that like she sh they all are normal kids they can talk they have ideas they have they understand social cues there is nothing that nothing that is l as l is now mm. so it's just like You've kind of been selling us this, but they say, they say that they're going to fix it because something, they say that something that happened to her after the traumatic incident in season four caused her to have this issue. But again, we will see. Yeah, maybe Vecna does something to her mind or something. I, I don't know. It, like maybe he reaches back out. 
it's not that but you know it's okay. it's, it's dumb it's nice. dumb so nice. don't don't expect anything great expect one of those film excuses that they threw in there because they realized they wrote themselves in the corner and they was like oh mm. shit she's speaking well now and she's speaking well as she flashes back to this and having full conversations with this dude i gotta say i cannot wait for her to show back up at that school and fuck that girl up uh <laughs> I I I felt so bad for her that those those bullies were like like real Stephen King. I mean, they weren't murderous, but they were they were so so ridiculously mean. So when she hit her with that skate, I was like, "Girl, get it." I was I was <laughs> I was mad at everybody who was mad at her. I was like, "No." Nah. Yeah, I'm like, "Yo." <laughs> you play stupid games. You get stupid prizes. Nah. They beat her ass and threw milkshakes on her to a to a soundtrack in public like no you you deserve stitches for that i'm sorry oh and we haven't talked about uh probably the biggest selling point i think for this season before people actually watched it which was hopper oh yeah yeah that was the reason that people were like really looking forward to season four because it got leaked right after oh hopper's alive and everyone's like why did you tell us I mean, I knew he was alive. I mean that. I mean, I, I said, you could have. Like, I said it on the last show. That was that. That was that was easy to know. But yeah, so we know he's alive. But like, mm-hmm. seeing honestly, he shouldn't be alive. <laughs> Man should be dead. Also, his feet should not exist. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that because yeah, he he escaped on that snowmobile and was just just running through. It it was that. Imagine that. But he had dropped into Arctic water, and that was like. That was the Chris Pratt thing in the Jurassic World movie. Yeah, like, that's what I imagined. Like, that's what I knew exactly what you were saying when you said it. I knew that's where you were going. And then it's the same situation. This man just, and his feet are cut. Remember that his feet are like broken. That's right. And got open yeah. wound. That's right. <laughs> like them boys, he should have nubs. He should be a Powerpuff girl right now. <laughs> I said this man's feet at this point, he either feels nothing, right? He would either feel nothing or he would be in excruciating pain. Like, it, it would be out... It, 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 no. You are yeah. not running full speed on them feet, sir. No, you're, you're, totally, you're totally right. You're totally right. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like, totally the right. torturing in this show was kind of taking me out of it a little bit. Because I'm like, they all be dead. What kind of torturing is this? Yeah. I mean, that's a morbid thing to think about. I was just like, this is not good torturing I, You'll kill the person before you get any information out of them. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of superhero moments for Hopper that were just... It was the stuff he was cooking when he was in the military. Was that some super soldier formula that we didn't know about that does not allow him to have kids? I mean, he was in Black Widow. He was the, the Russian cat. Oh, my God. Please don't remind me because that was terrible for me. I, some people <laughs> loved it. Some people... I'm on the side of I hated it. I was like, what the hell? I hated it the whole time. Hated it. Okay, <laughs> we are running a bit uh, long, so let me let's let's move on to some other stuff. I did want to briefly talk about Ghost in the Shell. I talked about some of it on the show that I'm going to put out a little bit later, so keep out for for that. Overall, I did like the show. I liked it better than the first season, but there were some downsides for me. Um, number one, there are some gratuitous shots of naked women in this show. Now, have you watched Ghost in the Shell before any of the old seasons? The, the anime yeah yes okay like the old Complex. anime like the one yeah, they yeah, used to yeah. show on like adult swim uh, what's it yeah i watched that yeah one. yeah yeah so i mean i i know the major dressed up like 
particularly in the first season, she was kind of dressed up in some kind of skimpy clothes at times. But the second season, she was like in, in a full body, like like tactical gear. I really loved that design. In this one, I mean, she's dressed up pretty well too, but the new character, uh, Putin, who's kind of this like kind of eggio in, in Korean kind of bubbly girl, at one point, she was just naked. <laughs> like it's not even no i mean it's no there's no way to explain it like she was just like for a show that is so self-serious about geopolitics and philosophy and like all this stuff there was just way too many gratuitous shots to women it just took me out i just wish they would fully commit to what they're doing and trust their audience to accept this world without that it's like when some mcu properties like black widow are dealing with very heavy topics and then they feel like they need to add a joke or else people won't enjoy themselves um, like I, I don't t- tune into Ghost in the Shell for shots of women. Like I honestly don't know who that audience is, considering how serious the show is. At one point near the finale, like I said, the character is literally naked and hitchhikes with a guy who conveniently has tight-fitting cosplay clothes in his back seat in case he ever had a girlfriend. And she's in these clothes from the final battle to the conclusion. Someone on the writing team thought that was a good idea storyboarded and it got approved and i'm just trying to understand why and how i think you're getting too old for anime no no ghost like i said no no no, i'm just uh, i'm just like it's like that is the that is an anime specific issue kind of deal no like no matter how serious the show is i've noticed that like no matter they feel like we gotta add some titties. It I've never seen it done this but much. But she was naked though. In, Why that's in this, wild. In this in this series, I've never seen it done so much. It it was so egregious at a point. But you know that that's how it's been kind of going. Like the kind of way they make the shows. Exactly like you said, like with Marvel, the more serious, the more dark, the more to the deep, like twisted side of a topic they go the more you can guarantee that something ridiculous is coming right after it. Like, the more dark it goes, the more ridiculous the thing that's coming after is going to be. It literally... You could probably go back and watch any of your favorite shows the past. The darker they go, the more ridiculous that it's going to be, especially when they're trying to be mainstream. Like, when they're trying to keep a mainstream audience. Maybe. I Anyway, like I said, I just, given the audience of Ghost in the Shell, I just don't know who that is for. Um, but it's for people who like on. titties and cosplay. I, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, secondly, I guess because the number of episodes were less than the original two seasons, the team gets less time to banter and explore themselves. Of all the OG characters, Bato and Togusa get the most attention. And, and putting that at bubbly character, she gets more more titty time than a lot of characters who titty were on, on the on the, on the, the last <laughs> even motoko kind of gets sidelined in this show the overall music the score was fine but i didn't enjoy the theme song this the music isn't done by yoko kano this time which is unfortunate but like i said the in show music is is fine they and may be trying to actually rebrand the show to a new generation like a complete well the way that it ended it feels kind of definite but it it could it could have a sequel too. So we'll see. It wasn't open-ended. It felt final, but they could expand on it if they wanted to. But I think that's how, that's how the first two seasons were too. Final, but you could do more if you wanted to. Before we run out of time, I do want to go on to uh, 
to, to, to spy family. I can nerd out with you now on this a, a little bit. <laughs> it's so cute. Y'all, Allie was completely right. Uh, this show is great. I didn't get a chance to watch all of it because I was prepping for the show and doing other stuff, but that kid is so damn adorable. Isn't she? Anya is the best girl. Oh, she's great. Honestly, if you like her, the show I talked about on the last show, Azumanga Dayo, that, that 10-year-old girl, Chio, she's not only a genius, but she is nearly as sweet as this girl. Like, you would love her. She's so cute. But yeah, I just enjoy the dynamic of these three characters. Um, they all kind of have different cards that the other person doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. With uh, you're, you're saying the kid's a telepath, and she technically knows the most, but she's kind of insecure about her status because she ultimately has the least amount of power, and she wants to stay in the family. Um, and the spy thinks he's on top of everything, but he doesn't know what how little he knows. Like every time he's thinking to himself, like he can keep the secret, the girl reacts, and it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Vasta Stampede woman. You call you called her you said is she like Vasta Stampede where she's just kinda out of it until she isn't? You called her that you're Oh, I said that on the last show because I was you guessing, did. but you... watching it now, she seems kinda like gullible. Like it's it's a cute gullible. You would think there's no way she's gonna believe this lie and then like she totally believes this lie. <laughs> okay, but backwards too, the spy too. You're like, there's no way he's gonna like see this kick-assery and not That's know true. that she's an assassin and then he's just like your students must be i'm like bread bread like someone had thrown something at her and she used this amazing martial arts kick to like stop it and then she's like the oh food. haha yeah yeah the food she's like oh haha i guess my brother just was really good and i'm like uh what <laughs> i she guess like, but oh no. i didn't want to waste any food and like when the there was one scene where this uh thief steals the grandma's purse and yeah, she just yeah, like yeah, yeah. books it like full-on sprinting at well, she, this like, guy jumps off a bridge yeah like, the amount of <laughs> power yeah it's that's ridiculous yeah but it's it's really fun it's a, it's really fun um i think I think it's funny too how how that kid is kind of into violence. It, it reminds me of some of my students. I remember at my previous school, I taught this uh, this nine year old, and he was playing GTA Five at home. And he came to school in the morning. He was like, uh, "Teacher, what meaning empty the clip?" <laughs> I was like, "Bro, it is eight thirty in the morning, dude. <laughs> get, get away from me with that." <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's oh, why man. she's cute too i think that's the, no, the, the draw to her because she's such a kid like she's enjoying this violence and the, the badassery of, because mm-hmm. she's a kid looking at, mm-hmm. from a kid point of view and she doesn't know how much danger she's in or at any point in time mm-hmm. um and she's just like this is fun and like when he ca- i don't know if you got to, where he calls his whole company to 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 celebrate her getting her or thingy wait the no school? i'm not i'm not there yet no oh and you get that that's just that's hilariousness it's it's okay. just great it's a great show it's definitely a feel-good show 10 out of 10 recommended to you guys no it, no it's very fun i hope you guys enjoy that um if you guys haven't watched it already take both of our recommendations now and it's and check Netflix, it out except if you're in korea then you gotta watch it somewhere else because it's only in korean in korea. and japanese yeah okay we are at the at about at the hour mark here. It's like I want to talk about Star Wars and the in the toxic fandom, but I feel like I'm I will be preaching to the choir on that, so I don't really know how much I have to talk about it. Anyway, 
I'm enjoying Obi-Wan so far. The third episode, which just came out this week, I think it's the best yet. Some very tense moments without spoiling anything. I've been a bit burnt out on Star Wars from Rise from the Rise of Skywalker to um, like Boba Fett. I watched it for like five minutes. They like squirted some like lizard or insect juice into his mouth to wake him up and I, I turned it off. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but this show kind of got me back interested into it. So I definitely recommend it to, to you guys. And for you races out there, I mean, what else What else can I say? I was seeing arguments that were saying, like, the black woman's character beyond her race just shouldn't be there because there should only be two Sith Lords. But, hey, for folks who don't know this, uh, Star Wars canon, and you all, you all want some ammo for people who are, who are talking this shit, the black woman's character, uh, Reva, played by Moses Ingram, she's not a Sith. She's They're called Inquisitors, so they're kind of like underlings to the Sith. They kind of do their grunt work. They're not fully Sith, so number one. And number two, them saying that they wouldn't have even existed in canon is also not true because in, in Star Wars Rebels, the TV show, there were Inquisitors under Vader. So it is canon. And obviously, if you watch the Clone Wars TV show, Count Dooku was training other dark Sith people under him, Asajj Ventress, who is a true badass. Um, and even she was training other people under her too. So it's not out of pocket here. So if anyone asks, give him that and tell him <laughs> Brennan sent you. Um, I want to end the show on a listener question. And I, I don't know if I answered this already actually, but it comes from Khadija. Uh, she asks, what inspired me to start the podcast? Um, the first content i listened to consistently on youtube was double toasted which they were called spill.com back in the day in the early 2010s have you ever listened to that show no they would do these kind of like very short like 15 20 minute reviews of movies and i they were kind of like what you would do like should i see this movie i'm gonna listen to them first and that's what i used to do with them and i would get like good recommendations from them too with things that i would never even thought about um i remember seeing um speaking of star wars i was recommended attack the block starring What's his name? What's his name? Finn. Finn. John Boyega. That, uh, I think that was his first movie. And I, I watched that awesome movie because of this show. Anyway, it's, it's, bl- it's Black Run. It's run by uh, Corey Coleman and Martin Thomas out in Austin. They're still going. And I listen to them uh, still. And I, I just love their, their conversational dynamic, just blending real insight from their experiences as critics. Uh, they were, they're also animators and, and just, just their life experience. They're, I think Corey turns 50 this year. They do employ, or at least Corey uh, employs some words I wouldn't use sometimes, but I think they're very funny. And I just wanted to emulate that and add some of myself into it, as well as more diversity. Uh, I've always strived to, even though we had a run where we had all dudes on the show, I've, I've wanted to always have like a diverse cast um also too i think I, I said it before but in the wake of all the social media rage and, and projections i've talked about it at length this whole you know you don't like this corporate product because you're a bigot at any slight criticism my mission for this show has been to be as reasonable as my humanity allows me to be mm-hmm. i'm not perfect but you know of course I'm, I'm just trying to be real in criticism and not just be it's a blockbuster so it's really fun and just kind of you know be very i would say basic but very uh What's the word? Fair. I think you give fair criticisms. I think you give pretty fair criticisms while being kind of funny about it, uh, but Kinda. not being like a jerk about it. Most sometimes, sometimes you just sound sometimes. old. But, okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, nah, but you you do comment pretty like without sounding like a jerk. You give your criticisms, and then you're like. But let me explain to you guys. I'm not like while you're trying like while you're trying not to be. This is not what people say. It is and, like give it like a kiss i would say it's a fair take um but that's from my opinion as a cis bisexual black woman 
so uh, I don't know how other people feel about it, but I, I enjoy the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, on that note, on that happy note, let's sign off here. I didn't have time to, to celebrate this movie, but Class Act, the kid and play movie, it turned 30 this past weekend. You ever see that movie? You already asked me this. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And you want me to show it in Discord. I may show it in Discord, but I had someone coming over this weekend, so I couldn't. But I'll probably show it in Discord. I remember watching that so many times when I was uh, middle school, and it introduced me to um, that Moni Love song. It's a shame. You know that song? I don't know if that's... Uh... No, it's older than me. I, it sounds like it's older than me. There are some songs I just can tell how old they are by like the, the sound. Like It was popular. Well, that sample was definitely older than both of us, but I think that song <laughs> came out in 1990. It's it's older than me. I mean, but to be fair, I was I was what five or four when that came out, so I wasn't bumping that in the whip. You know what I'm saying? Well, your mom was probably playing it. My mom That's wasn't true. playing it. That's true. My mom is closer to your age than. Sorry. Well, <laughs> time to hit that old dusty trail. <laughs> Ouch. No one's seen the knife in my heart right now, but no, um, no, to be fair, my mom is fairly young. She's a young mother, you know, uh, so I always have a friend. I have, when I get friends who are like 10 years older than me, it's, it's kind of a point. It's like, you're equally like this cl- distance from my mom and me at the same time. Oh, okay, okay. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> uh, let's end it here. Uh, <laughs> of course, you can find us on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P. You can find us on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D. You join our Discord. The Discord link is in our Instagram bio in our link tree. Find us also on Blurred.com, our wonderful partners. Allie, where can they find you? Everywhere. Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, even on Reddit at Ali Soko, A L Y S O K O. Anywhere you do social media, pretty much. I'm usually somewhere. Word. All right, y'all. Thank you all for listening and peace. Master.